0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast Into The Fire podcast. Um, I'm on with mom again. Hello. And um, I know it's been a long uh, while since we've been at this one, but we're back to The Hobbit. And um, this is the beginning of chapter seven, Queer Lodgings. Um and to bring us back up to date, that's you know right after they've escaped from the goblins and the wargs, um in the pine grove and, um, you know been rescued by the eagles and. Um. They
1: actually start out the chapter with them, you know they're traveling on the backs of the eagles, and the eagles are taking them quite
0: a great distance. And Bilbo's wishing he'd, you know, gotten a chance to wash and brush his hair and eat a proper hobbit breakfast that isn't just cold meat, um, mutton, and rabbit. Um, and he'd actually been allowed to ride on the eagle's back on this part of their um, journey, and it's not something I'd want to be doing. i
1: don't think bilbo enjoyed it too much either he kept his eyes closed mostly and when he didn't have them closed he wished he had them closed uh so he didn't like being up so high
0: and those feathers have got to be kind of slippery and the eagle tells him not to pinch and not to be frightened like a rabbit, even if he looks rather like one. All right, I do, would not want to be riding a bird that big, a bird of prey, and get told I look like a rabbit. I think at this point it's, you know, pretty safe to say that he doesn't have reason to think the eagle is going to eat him. But, yeah. And the eagle is like, well, what's what's finer than flying? Bilbo, yeah prefers a warm bath and late breakfast on the lawn uh, and the eagle is the eagles are starting to go um down spiraling, which you know that's how they do when they're catching the the thermals, which is how large birds of prey you know hold a glide like that um, and um they. Yeah, they're setting down at a place called the Karak. Which is a great rock. Oh, yeah. I just had a kitten land on the phone that I am recording on. Because <laughs> we were raising two uh, cute little kittens.
1: Two feisty little bitey
0: Brother and sister, their names are Edison and Sarmina. Well, anyway, they're at this carrack, which is a big rock out in the plain that looks almost if like it had been tossed out there by a giant, which I don't take as to mean it actually had been tossed out there by a giant, but there aren't any other, you know, big rocks near it. And after they're all set down on top of this rock, um... Now, we're
1: talking a rock so large that, as you will soon find out, it has stairs built into it.
0: And although there isn't any uh, hint of this in the book, um, in the live-action movies, it's made to be, if I remember correctly, shaped vaguely bear-like. I know it says it's flat
1: on top, a flat area. It has stairs and a cave at the base.
0: I'd have to double check on the bear thing next time I um watch that, but um if if that's a thing you'll see why soon. Um the uh, the eagle set them all down and um the dwarves uh, wish the eagles to farewell wherever you fare to. I receive you at the journey's end, which is the polite thing to say among eagles.
1: And the correct reply that Gandalf gave is, May the wind under your wings bear you where the sun sails and the moon walks.
0: And uh, that's how they part, and it's um, mentioned again that later the lord of the eagles became the king of all birds, and wore a golden crown.
1: And the fifteen chieftains wore
0: golden collars, Uh, made of gold the dwarves gave gave them. Which I guess couldn't have been too big, because they'd throw the eagle a bit off balance if they, uh... They were
1: probably thin gold, but it leaves me to wonder, it says the dwarves gave them gold... But who made the collars and the crown?
0: It probably was the dwarves still, because they're the you know master you know craftsmen with metal and it just smithing. Doesn't, it isn't doesn't say.
1: Explained in this.
0: And Bilbo never saw them again, except high and far off, in the Battle of Five Armies. As Tolkien uh, putting a spoiler in his own book, but uh, I'm just gonna let that go for now. And they go down the steps and. Um, You know, Gandalf's explaining to them that he always meant to see them, you know, safe if possible through the mountains, and that good management and good luck they did it. And they're actually further east than Gandalf had meant to go with them because of how far the eagles brought them. But, you know, he's got other business to attend to, and he may look in on the adventure before it's over, but he's not coming with them.
1: And he's not even promising that he will see them again. But he's not leaving quite yet. But he's giving them fair warning that he will be parting company soon.
0: And uh, nobody's happy about this. And Bilbo's actually crying. And um, at this point they got no food with them and none of their travel stuff and no ponies. And they don't know where they are but gandalf does know
1: he knows of somebody that's nearby
0: uh, uh, that can uh, help them with some stuff and
1: but the somebody he knew was not somebody he'd actually met he just knew of the
0: the person and that it could be very dangerous
1: and they must not get him upset um, so keeping his good graces.
0: And it's still like, oh yeah, and they say that he does not come to the Kirak himself, not in the day, and you can't wait at night because it would be very dangerous to do this. And, uh, will see why later in the chapter. Um, the dwarves are begging Gandalf to stay, offering him gold and jewels that they don't have yet. And Gandalf's like, I think I've already earned some of your gold when you've got it. <laughs> um, they go down off the rock to the ford, um, take a bath in it. Everyone takes a bath. Um. They ask about this, the Karak, and why is it called that, and. Um, Gandalf explains that it's because that's the word that this somebody he knows gave to it. And that he calls things like that Karex, and it's the Karex because it's the only one that's nearer where he lives. So
1: are we ready to say
0: the name Um, of the... Bjorn the Skin Changer. It was very strong. And... Bilbo, of course, he's like, Oh, yeah, fur, you know. He's a furrier. He calls rabbits conies. He um, turns their skins into squirrels, which I guess would mean a fur trader who cheats a bit. And Gandalf kind of flips out and he's like, Don't, don't be a fool, Mr. Baggins. Don't mention fur or like, any fur products anywhere near him. He changes his own skin. He becomes a huge black bear.
1: And but when he's a man, because so, he goes from a man to a black bear. When he's a man, he's a strong, black-haired man
0: with huge arms and a great beard. So I'm picturing somebody kind of, kind of like Hagrid, but wilder. Maybe a little leaner. All muscle. Yeah. And um, some say that he is descended from great and ancient bears from the mountains that lived there even before the giants came, and others that he is descended from men who lived before smog or the dragons came, or the goblins. And he... Gandalf isn't sure, but he thinks that it's most likely true that he's descended from the men, not the bears.
1: Because Bjorn mentions once about returning to those mountains again.
0: After the the goblins are gone. Yeah. And he's not, not under any enchantment except for his own. And he lives in an oak wood... Where there's a wooden house and he has cattle and horses and bees and the the animals are marvelous. He has sheep. Gray dogs. And, yeah, I get the impression he can talk to these animals. It's not...
1: Yeah, he can communicate with the animals and, like... For example, like the dogs can walk on their hind legs and use their front legs to carry trays Yeah, and that's things.
0: different. I mean, most dogs that are athletic enough can be taught to walk a little ways on their hind legs, but using their front paws, that's, that's different. Right. And I'll say a person who can change into a bear, I know it's fantasy, I know there's magic in these books, but that's an unusual amount of... Magic, you know, this isn't Harry Potter, this isn't something where there's a lot of people who can just churn themselves into an animal, even Gandalf never does anything like that.
1: he wasn't Gandalf wasn't sure how uh Bjorn would take to having so many guests and you know how, basically, how would the reception be of of all these dwarves and a hobbit and Gandalf appearing? So Gandalf said that they should travel to the to the um, home of uh, Bjorn
0: in twos. And uh, with Bomber last in doing for two because he's fattest. Uh, rude. Um.
1: Any anyhow, Gandalf starts out by it's it's him and Bilbo going, and then he said, you know, like wait five minutes between batches of two, uh, and
0: as horses meet the first of them.
1: Oh, that's right. The horses warn or see them, and then you know run off to tell Bjorn of their presence um, but Gandalf and Bilbo are the first to meet him, and Gandalf starts the tale tell, tell the tale of their travels somewhat and the story gets interrupted repeatedly but it seemed to make for a better story that way um
0: so yeah they're they're doing things like oh they're they're telling the story and um gandalf mentions that they have a troop of ponies, and they're like, oh, were you carrying a lot of baggage? Or are you calling just six a troop? Um,
1: well, Gandalf kept mentioning numbers a little more than...
0: Than how many dwarves he was actually showing.
1: And as the story progresses, more dwarves, of course, are appearing at uh, uh, Bjorn's door. And...
0: Fifteen birds and five fir trees. Don't tell me goblins can't count. There's more of you. Uh,
1: (laughs) Well, as it turned out, the goblins were correct in their numbers. And, um, by the time they had all arrived. But Bjorn Bjorn was uh, quite hospitable to them. Um... Even though he's not used to having more than one or two visitors at a time and on rare occasions only.
0: Now, before we get to more about Bjorn's hospitality, um, I'll mention that during the story of their travels, um, Gandalf mentions that he has a cousin, Radagast, who lives near the southern borders of Mirkwood. Um Radagast doesn't really come into this story unlike how it is in the movie. Um, he's a... Bjorn, the, know of Bjorn knows him. He's Radagast the Brown and he's mostly concerned with animals and birds, so it makes sense he'd be great friends with Bjorn. And when Gandalf says cousin, I think he doesn't really mean literally a cousin because um, the wizards are actually... Maiar, what you would call something like angelic beings that were sent to help in Middle-earth and they came as, you know, in the form of old men. So I don't think they really have being born or blood relatives in the same way that regular people do. But none of this backstory stuff comes into The Hobbit and I don't think most people know it, so I think, you know, Gandalf is like, yeah, he's my cousin, Um, this stuff is more, um, relevant to, like, the Silmarillion, and a little bit to Lord of the Rings, it's not in this book, I'm just giving a bit of background. So yeah, the hospitality of Bjorn, he's us out bread and meat and butter, clotted cream and all of this food is vegetarian, there's no meat uh, I don't know what Bjorn does when he's a bear, but when he's a man he's all vegetarian, he doesn't want to hurt any, you know, animals he- though yeah the
1: following well okay the the Dwarves and the Hobbit were there for two nights uh and bjorn uh you know gave them hospitality the first night and they they slept right there too they They had beds that were set up uh likely by the animals that were living there with bjorn and Bjorn had cautioned them to not go outside at night no matter what um, and Bilbo did hear sounds in the night uh, But he did not you know go out he, he decided to just you know go back to sleep and the next morning Bilbo woke up after the others had... Bjorn wasn't there, but there was food. And the other dwarves had already eaten. Gandalf was out and about somewhere. But... uh, It turned out that Bjorn... ...had gone to... ...see how much of... ...the story Gandalf had told the night before was true. So he had gone back somewhat to see you know if you know he, he had seen you know if he saw different things that you know they had talked about in, the, in uh, Gandalf's story
0: Do you want to continue Sarah? and um, is this the part where he actually caught and killed um, a goblin and a warg The goblin he took the head of, he
1: kept the head of, and the warg he skinned.
0: Now, when I say Bjorn won't hurt animals, I don't think that Bjorn counts wargs as a normal animal. They're not. Nor goblins. So.
1: And and later on, you find out that um, Bjorn... ...isn't necessarily against others taking the lives of animals. Uh, And you'll find that out a little further along when he parts company
0: uh, with the dwarves and the hobbit uh, and 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 Gandalf. And another thing about what had happened in the night is Bilbo... um, Actually, no, Gandalf saw... A ton of bear tracks.
1: All different sizes of bears.
0: So Bjorn seems to have met up with some bear friends and had a bit of a bear party out there. And uh, yeah, that would not be a good thing I to run it into was at more night. Of a meeting
1: than a party, <laughs> but yes, definitely. Um, anyhow, so that's what happened during that night, that first night. And the second night, also, you could hear sounds.
0: And, um, Bjorn hates the goblins, always, um, thrilled that they killed the great goblin, and, um, w- wished he'd been there to kill goblins too, and, um,. Bjorn, is you have anything more to say about Bjorn's house or before we go on?
1: Well, then it must have had a lot of space in it because there's all sorts of animals in it, but you really don't hear great detail about the house other than, I guess, what, the great hall that they were in? It's wooden
0: and it's not that unusual. And he's got a bee pasture, a lot of um, fields of flowers for his bees, his very large bees, like thumb-sized bees to make honey.
1: Yeah, the the dwarves and Bilbo and, and uh, Gandalf had to travel through that to get to Bjorn's house in the first
0: place. Um, so Bjorn is um, willing to help them with their journey. Um, he provides a bunch of, like, you know, dry or preserved in honey or longer-lasting food for their packs. And, um, bows and arrows for hunting. Um, but he says they're not likely to actually get anything, and, um, they've got a forest ahead. And stay on this one path. Don't leave it for any reason. Not to hunt, not... Anything, And they're not likely to find any good food there, except for possibly nuts. And water is going to be difficult. There's a stream in the forest that's going to cross their path. Do not drink out of it. There's an enchantment. Or swim in it, even. That causes drowsiness and forgetfulness. And... He will lend them ponies, but not all the way into the woods. They can take the ponies as far as the woods, but then they have to send them back to him.
1: And Gandalf was given a horse, but Gandalf wasn't told he had to return the horse at that point. Um, And as you will find out, Gandalf had use for the horse uh, a little longer than the dwarves did. But, uh, the food, I know Sarah mentioned the food already, but the food was twice baked cakes with honey inside, nuts, flour, sealed jars of dried fruit, red earthenware pots of honey,
0: and skins for water. So, yeah, we're talking like, you know, high energy, week's worth of high energy, but thirsty food. Uh, yeah, if you're eating honey cakes, you're gonna be wanting more water than you're, um, able to really carry. And, um, yeah, also the goblins and the wargs are going to be trying to pursue them, so they should get... As far as they can, as fast as they can because wargs are faster than ponies.
1: And they they travelled for what, about four days, I believe.
0: Um yeah.
1: As fast as they could.
0: But it's you know still relatively you know, easy traveling. You know, they didn't encounter anything bad and Um, before I should also mention that There was another road through the forest that they were warned against taking that's far from, um, the one they're going to take. And the reason they're warned against it is because the goblins use it. And, um, that the eastern end of it is disused and overgrown and it led into marshes where they would have gotten lost. (coughs)
1: So anyhow, um, when they get to the gate of the forest, they have to... uh, You have to send the ponies back. Send the ponies back, which means filling their packs and carrying all that food on their backs. And Bilbo complained about, you know, how much weight it was and all that. And, you know, he was told... Soon you'll be wishing you had that weight again because
0: you the, get, the food's going to run short.
1: The food's going to run short, and you won't have the food. You won't be have the water. Um. So that was something to think ahead on, and and they did think
0: ahead on that. Oh, and when there's um not happy about sending the ponies back. Um Yeah, it actually turns out that um Bjorn actually was following them in bare form to make sure those ponies were treated right and sent back. Um and a few glimpses of him were caught.
1: Yeah, and uh, actually uh, Bilbo saw Bjorn once. Uh, you know, the other. Uh, Gandalf knew, but
0: B- Bilbo saw Bjorn. So yeah, Bjorn was seen at least once by Bilbo, and um, he was there to make sure that the ponies were not taken into that forest. And it They're really not happy to be going into the forest themselves, and they're like, well, can't we go around it? And, no, it's too big. If you try to go around to the north, um, that's 200 extra miles. And it gets you too close to the Grey Mountains that are also full of goblins, hobgoblins, and orcs. Um...
1: Bjorn does mention that they are welcome to come back on their return and, you know, stop by and uh, partake of his hospitality.
0: And if they were to go around south, it would be twice the extra distance and it gets too close to the lands of the Necromancer. Um, That would be Sauron. Although, you know, Sauron hasn't been really done up as a character so much yeah. so he's just the necromancer in this book and you don't want to go anywhere or near places overlooked by his dark tower stick to this one little, little forest track that they were told to use don't leave the path
1: yes they were cautioned that both by Bjorn and by Gandalf now Gandalf Gandalf had traveled with them until the edge until the edge of Mirkwood forest and then you know the ponies were sent back and they had to bid farewell very sadly to Gandalf and gandalf rode his horse to the west. Do you want to add anything more to that chapter, Sarah?
0: Um no, I don't really have anything else to say. Okay. Oh, that ends the chapter and the next one is chapter 8, Flies and Spiders. They're in the forest. They're walking single file in a narrow path. It's not a road, it's a narrow path. And it's dark, it's gloomy, the trees are old, they're covered with ivy and lichen, um, there's very little sun coming through, um, they're hearing weird you know, noises from they animals. Saw, and
1: They saw black squirrels, and they tried wasting quite a few arrows in the process to... Hunt the black squirrels.
0: Yeah, they actually managed to get one that landed across the path with its arrow, and they ate it, and it tasted bad, and they didn't do it again. Not even sure that they fully ate it. Well, first of all, a squirrel isn't
1: going to provide much food to that many.
0: Yeah, a squirrel is like a meal for one of them. Maybe. Um. There's... Thick cobwebs in the trees, but none across the path itself, and they're not sure whether it was from magic that they're not across the path, or some other reason. I think it was magic. But, um.
1: it, at nighttime, they slept huddled nearby each other, and there would be one that would keep watch in the darkness, and... Okay.
0: They'd light a fire, and they'd see uh, eyes everywhere from all different colors of eyes.
1: Yeah, eyes, yellow, red, or green.
0: And worst of all, to you know, Bilbo's opinion, were pale bulbous eyes that looked like insect eyes to him. Um, I think I know what those were from. Uh, well,
1: the fires also brought uh, more eyes. So instead of a few pairs of eyes without a fire... There were hundreds and hundreds of the uh, pairs of eyes when the fire was lit, and thousands of dark gray and black moths, some of them the size of hands.
0: And there are moths that get that big.
1: And huge bats, black bats.
0: And, um, yeah, logically speaking, they shouldn't be able to see any eyes if there's no fire because the animals with glowing eyes, that's reflected light. And there's no light there, so. Um. Now, it seemed
1: like the forest went on forever, but they did eventually come to a stream, the stream that they had been cautioned about.
0: And their food and water has run very short, and they're having to ration it, and you know, nobody's really getting enough of any of it. And if they hadn't been cautioned about it, they would have filled their water skins up with it anyway, even though it's, like, black water.
1: And it was very dark. So the the dwarves couldn't see how far the other bank of the stream was. But Bilbo apparently um. had better eyes, which surprised me since dwarves lived in caves and such, too. Uh... Bilbo said the other side was about 12 yards away. And there was a boat.
0: There was a the boat. Other. There used to be a bridge over this water, but it had you know, fallen through a long time ago. They could see, like, the remnants of the post near the bank. um,
1: And they, they couldn't walk through it because they had already been warned.
0: Um, I'm surprised this bridge wasn't kept in repair. Okay, my impression is that this is... A path used by the elves. You'd think they'd uh keep that bridge fixed or um put something besides just that um, the boat. The boat. Uh, Bilbo sees a boat. And they but think But it's on the far side, of course. But they think maybe they can get it if a dwarf throws a rope with like a a, a grappling hook. a hook on it, and it you know hook the boat and pull it across if it's not tied Well, it was tied it was tied, and they do um manage to hook the boat, but it took a lot of pulling, and it ended up bro breaking the line that the boat was attached to so their their rope was stronger than the rope holding it. But um it's not a very big boat, they're taking it like two at a two or three at a time. Um actually course, no just va- two at a time.
1: Well the first ones in the boat were Thorin, Bil- Bilbo, Feely and Balin. Oh I think four. And then the next ones on the boat were Keely, Oin, Gloin, and Dory, another four. And then the next trip on the boat was Ori, Nori, Biffer, and Bofer. Boffer, uh And that's four. And then the last were two Dwalin and
0: Bomber. And uh, Bomber doesn't like being last. And yeah, he gets, uh, you shouldn't be so fat. Which, uh, that's not fair. It- He's walking hundreds of miles and getting the same short, you know, rations as everyone else, I presume.
1: And also...
0: (laughs) Why does that mean he gotta be last?
1: It's kind of... Well, (laughs) I think they're all kind of probably more likely to be similarly built. Uh, I doubt if he was that fat, but anyhow... You know, it is what it is it is
0: what it is, and um well, this is um happening. Thorin has his bow and arrow out in case somebody comes out to protect their boat but what does come out is a deer, and yeah that's meat they're hungry, and um they shoot at the deer and it actually hits, but is not... Um, I don't think it actually kills the deer. Hmm.
1: It The deer goes off, but it comes at Bomber just as he's...
0: Getting out of the getting boat. Getting out of the boat. And the Bomber's tipped over backwards into the water, and... Um,
1: they use the hook and rope to get Bomber and, you know, pull him out of the water...
0: And he is totally asleep grabbing onto the hook by the time they get him out, and they can't wake him up.
1: And he they also can't get his hand out of the off the rope, sort of thing. He's he's holding on tight in his sleep. And anyhow
0: So they've lost the deer and now the you know, bombers had this accident.
1: And as it turns out, Bomber is in a
0: deep sleep, No so,
1: wonderful dreams, but a deep sleep,
0: and so they're gonna have to carry him along like that and they carried him for four days um and also they see some more deer um a doe and um fawns, well, they said a hind because I think that's more the British way of... And they waste the rest of their arrows shooting at the deer and missing.
1: So, they have no deer...
0: And they have no means to defend themselves, either.
1: Well... They have other things to... Well, they have...
0: Yeah, they still have their swords, I... (laughs) But they have less means to defend themselves, I should have said. Um... Anyhow, so they're going along,
1: and they hear laughter and singing.
0: Which is a little, uh, it's more strange and eerie to them to hear this. They're not comforted by it. And, um, the trees have changed a bit. They're beaches now.
1: But they they traveled on, and...
0: Um, They have the suggestion that somebody should climb a tree and see how, if they can see the end of the forest, and somebody, that means Bilbo.
1: But at the time that Bilbo is sent to climb a tree, they had traveled downhill, and they were in a valley of mighty... A mighty growth of oaks. So they left the beaches, they were in oaks, they were in a valley.
0: And that means uh, any distances Bilbo sees are not going to be accurate distances because of the valley that they're in. Right. Uh Bilbo gets up there anyway and oh, he gets sunlight, he gets air, there are giant black butterflies everywhere. Um but he sees no end to the forest because of where he is. Um, they actually are nearing the edge of it.
1: But they couldn't tell from that. They don't know. And they got kind of tired of Bilbo hanging out up there, kind of getting lost in thought.
0: And enjoying sunlight and fresh air. Now this must be a really... I have never been in a forest that I felt obscured fresh air in any way. Um, this is something else. Um, No, I've ever been in one that was so dense that it blocked out all the light. Uh,
1: The densest forest I've ever been in was the Olympic rainforest in Washington State, and that was enormous trees, wet, and, yeah, quite dense.
0: And... Oh boy! I'm gonna talk like I'm an expert on this, and I am nowhere near an expert on this. To keep such immense trees, and it's just got this um, little stream of not exactly wholesome water. And water is black, actually. It says, yeah. It, um, it's got a river toward the far end, like a proper river. I would still think there'd have to be, like, some decent groundwater or something to maintain a forest of that size if there's not...
1: I would imagine rain would trickle down from the treetops. Or rain trickling down. Yeah.
0: I could also say they're on the wrong side of a rain shadow. Once again, I'm talking smarter about this than I necessarily really am, but... Um... And the animals, um... The animals must be getting water from somewhere. Anyhow. Yeah, Bilbo comes down, makes all the dwarves jealous with his... Oh, yeah, I got sunlight and fresh air.
1: They Uh, ate the last of their food. They uh, had no water.
0: And and even when it rains, the the water was none of it except for a trip or two actually came down to for them to drink
1: well at that bomber w- awoke. and he was very hungry of course he hadn't eaten in all those days that the dwarves and bilbo had, had been, at least a little bit of had food. their rations they, you know they didn't save all those rations for uh bomber
0: and bomber had been dreaming of a huge feast with lit torches in the trees and a woodland king with a crown of leaves and merry singing. That's, that's interesting that he was dreaming about that. And, um... He also awoke with no
1: memory of their journey. He didn't
0: remember it. He had amnesia of basically everything since, what, leaving Bilbo's house, right?
1: Yeah, the the, the, the gathering at Bilbo's house was his last memory.
0: So he's just just like feels he's randomly woken up really hungry in the middle of nowhere with no food and
1: and he's feeling, no reason why he's He's there. feeling weak in the legs and and you know kind and, of on a little bit of the faint side. Maybe as so you would be as you would be if you hadn't eaten in days and so
0: and then getting pretty annoyed with him because he's talking about this dream food and
1: yeah. They they wanted real food, not dream food.
0: And after and yes, they left the path to look for. Well, they saw lights. They saw lights, and they left the path to see what these lights were from. And in the clearing, they find a clearing, and they see many elvish-looking people there, dressed in green and brown. Um, they got a fire, they've got all this food Meat and drink, and, drink and, and, um, they're sitting on, like, cut-off, um, log stumps, or, I sun rings, um, and, of course, you know, they're all desperate for food, so they just try to join the party, join the party and all the lights go out immediately, immediately. Um...
1: Everything's gone. Everything...
0: Yeah, the food isn't left behind. The food's gone, too. And... And they're lost in the dark now.
1: And... When we're talking darkness, we're talking so dark that if you put your hand in front of your eyes, you can't see your hand. So...
0: Which I've experienced when I was in a cave and they do the thing where they turn the lights out. I think I talked about this several chapters back Mm -hmm. um
1: well anyhow they were lost they didn't know which way they'd come and they decided well they couldn't do anything till morning so they settled in to sleep and they left one of the dwarves as a sentry and lights appeared again elsewhere and this
0: time they're going to um try to send Billboard to talk to them and it goes about the same as it did before. He gets into the light and all the light instantly goes out and everything's gone.
1: Well, Bilbo had thought about putting on his ring, but the dwarves didn't know about the ring yet. And he didn't get a chance to put the ring on before they pushed him into the ring. The ring of light. Yes. <laughs> Not the, and so, yes, the same thing happened. And, um... They were in the dark again. And
0: and they can't find Bilbo.
1: But one of them stumbles over what he thought was a log, and it turned out it was Bilbo asleep.
0: And Bilbo was also having a lovely dream about gorgeous dinner. And they're like, oh, he's gone like bomber. This isn't helping us. We can't share your dream food.
1: Anyhow, so they're in the darkness again, and then it happened a third time at where they saw a light. Then, um, anyhow, um. there was a clamor and cries. So the, the lights went out, the cries of the, uh, the cries of, you know, Bilbo Bilbo heard the cries, and the cries of the dwarves
0: were getting further away, and they turned into what sounded like cries for help, and then there was no sound, and Bilbo was all alone.
1: And he sat against a tree, deep in thought, or dreams, uh. and, you know, he's thinking about food and all that, and um, he finds he's getting wrapped up by a spider. And a gigantic like spider.
0: spider. We're talking a spider that's, like, person-sized or bigger. And...
1: He takes out his sword. His Well, his sword, which is really more like a dagger-sized.
0: And he, he cuts the spider webbing off of his legs and... Um attacks the spider
1: and he kills it,
0: and that's when he he wipes his sword off on the grass and he names it sting um and then Bilbo
1: starts heading to where he thought the dwarves had gone.
0: he thought they might be prisoners of the elves or maybe prisoners of something worse
1: but he he followed the the direction where he had thought he had heard. You know their their,
0: their cries. Their cries. And he puts you know. his ring on, so he's invisible all the way. Um. And, he sees a place where it looks like there's dense black shadow that's even darker than the rest of the forest. And, um, that's where he sees. Um, lots of big spider webbing, and he can hear, um. It's full of spiders, and he can hear the spiders talking about um, the dwarves and um, how they were a tough struggle, but they have good uh, juice inside. And they're debating whether they should just, you know, kill them all right now or leave them to hang. And he realizes they're all wrapped up like insects. They're dangling out of the spider web.
1: He can see it, you know, that the end of a foot sticking out here and there. And.
0: Uh, I think these were these insect eyes Bilbo saw that he hated. I think he was seeing spiders. And I think there was some magic, f- probably, from the elves keeping them off the path. What do you think? Yeah,
1: I agree.
0: And, uh, yeah, spider goes up to the fattest of the bundle, which uh, Bilbo thinks is probably Bomber, and nips at a nose that's sticking out, and um Bomber's foot go kicks up, kicks the spider, and it falls off the branch and catches itself on its web just in on its thread just in time.
1: Anyhow Bilbo Bilbo works at rescuing them, fighting off spiders and uh using sting.
0: And um also rocks. He's throwing rocks. Rocks,
1: yes he he was very good at throwing rocks,
0: and he learned this as a as a kid. As a and oh yeah, he as a kid he was throwing rocks at rabbits and squirrels and birds. Um, and
1: this is not something I recommend you teach your children, though. Um, anyhow, um, as as Bilbo. You know, rescue yes, rescued dwarves. They also used rocks and such to, you know, help free the others.
0: And he sings a a song to make the spiders angry, so that they'll um, head in his direction and let the dwarves go, you know, escape. And
1: so Bilbo, with his ring on, is singing. Old fat
0: spider spinning in a tree, old fat spider can't you see? Adder cop, Adder cop, won't you stop? Stop your spinning and look for me. Old Tom Naughty all big body, old Tom Naughty can't spy me. Adder cop, Adder cop, down your drop, you'll never catch me up your tree. And oh the spiders hate this. They hate being called Addercop and Tom Naughty is insulting too. Now about this um Adder cop you know, I can't remember where I read this, but I did read somewhere years ago that it means Poison Head. And Tom Naughty is an old British word for fool. Um,
1: this is also when the dwarves found out about Bilbo's Ring.
0: And they they kind of take it in stride. Yes.
1: Yeah. They do.
0: And the dwarves are kind of. The dwarves are pretty slowed down because they have all been envenomated by the spider. Now, I would think that realistically this would be a lot worse, but um, apparently, uh, how it works is the spiders in Middle-earth have um, a venom that knocks out you know, who gets, you know, bit or stung with it, but doesn't kill them. And actually, in in Lord of the Rings, you know, when you get to Shilob, who is also a spider, it's mentioned she has two kinds of venom, and one is for knocking out and the other is for killing, so I guess they... If these spiders are the same way, they only have the knocking out venom used on the dwarves, because... Like, they're kind of sick and slowed down, but it doesn't kill any of them. Or do any permanent... anything. But
1: anyhow, um... Bilbo had threatened the spiders with the sting and... You know he he had charged at them with and uh they the spiders were enraged and sputtered and frothed and hissed out horrible curses, but they were mortally afraid of sting, and they dared not come very near and so they slowly but steadily moved away.
0: And this is a very long chapter. I think this is the longest one in the book. Um Yeah, he's uh insulting the spiders more.
1: But after the spiders left the dwarves noticed that they'd come to the edge of a ring where elf fires had been. Um So they laid for some time there, and they began to ask questions, and this is where the ring is explained, and Balin in particular was insistent on having the Gollum story told, Um, riddles and all.
0: And, yeah, they're, they're okay with it. They're like, okay, our burglar has... Wits, luck, and the magic ring. That's all useful. And Balan I think he's a bit satisfied that it was magic and not his own inattentiveness as a lookout that Bilbo was able to sneak past him back when uh, he revealed himself in uh, the Misty Mountains.
1: Anyhow you know, they they've heard the the story of the ring and Gollum, and they know, realize
0: Thorn isn't with them.
1: That's right, and it was a terrible shock. Uh, of course, they were like half asleep at this moment, but yes, Thorn was gone, and.
0: Um, they don't know where he is or whether, you know, monsters got him or magic and um what had actually happened to him is you know, all of this unknown to Bilbo and the others Is
1: he was taken to the cave of the wood elf king.
0: And um these elves are described as they differed from the high elves of the West And were more dangerous and less wise. And were descended from ancient tribes that never went to fairy in the west. And it talks about light elves, deep elves, sea elves. Um, The wood elves um, lingered in the twilight of sun and moon and loved best the stars and wandered in great forests. And they'd sometimes leave the forest to hunt or to ride over the open land in the moonlight or starlight. And with more, you know, people, men around, they, you know, took more to being out in the evening and dusk, I guess, to avoid being, you know, seen. Still elves, they were and remain, and that is good people, and that's capitalized. Good people is capitalized for some reason. Um, Now,
1: Thorin wasn't gotten by the spiders. Thorin was the first one to walk into the circle of light on the third time and when that light went out he fell like a stone enchanted so all the noise of the dwarves lost the spiders catching them and binding them all the sounds of the battle with the spider the next day spiders the next day had passed over him un- unheard then the wood elves had come to him bound him and carried him away so, that was going on with Thorin, while well, uh, the, all the other stuff was going on with the rest of them.
0: Oh, and all this stuff about different kinds of elves, if you want more uh, information about that, it's in the Silmarillion, they, they make it a lot more complicated than it is here. Um...
1: Now, wood elves, yeah, they wood elves are different than high elves of the West, they're more dangerous and less
0: wise. Um, yeah. It really only means that they... Um, they got less into... You know, the lore of the Valar and the two trees and... A bunch of other stuff that's in the Silmarillion, so they... They pretty much lived... Apart from it and didn't travel to some of those places. Um, This is a lot more than I'm up to covering in this chapter of The Hobbit. But um, one of these days I will cover The Silmarillion. And it's not going to be easy. I'm actually slowly reading through it now. Um, But it... It reads like you're reading an encyclopedia or the Old Testament of the Bible, almost. It's. in places. It's not. It does not feel like reading The Hobbit. Oh, anyway, back to these, uh, wood elves that. they've captured Thorin. The,
1: the Great Cave is some miles within the edge of Mirkwood on its eastern side.
0: And it's more, um. It's more wholesome than the goblin caves. It's not nearly as deep or as dangerous. Um, And a lot of the king's subjects didn't even live in the cave. They had uh, houses and huts um, on the ground or in the trees. Uh,
1: Their their greatest king... You know, lived there, and before his huge doors of stone, a river ran out of the heights of the forest and flowed on and out into the marshes at the feet of the high wooded lands. This great cave from which countless smaller ones opened out on every direction wound far underground and had many passages and wide halls.
0: And this was a regular, not, non-enchanted river that was flowing out of it. Um... It's uh, the first time they see good water, actually. Uh.
1: It was lighter and more wholesome than any goblin dwelling, and neither so, neither so deep nor so dangerous. The subject of the king mostly lived and hunted in the open woods, and had houses or huts, like Sarah said, on the ground and in the branches. The beeches were their favorite trees. The king's cave was his palace, and the strong place, for his tr- of his treasure, the fortress of his people against their enemies. It was also the dungeon of his prisoners, and that is where Thorin came in. Um, and they dragged him not too gently, for they did not love dwarves and thought he he was an enemy.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, elves and dwarves don't like each other all that much. I mean, not to the degree that either one of them hates orcs, but they've...
1: If the elf king had a weakness, it was for treasure, especially of silver and white gems.
0: And um they, he doesn't do any gem mining himself, and his people don't. And they don't have... um metalworking either. Some elves did, but that doesn't really relevant to this chapter at all. But, um... Yes, and... There would been an old quarrel about treasure that wasn't directly connected with Thorne, but they knew about it still, and...
1: Thorne was angry um about his treatment
0: well I said quarrel but actually no in ancient days there had been war between dwarves and elves about treasure but it it didn't involve these specific elves or dwarves but both of them would have known about this in their history um yeah so one was angry about being captured and tied up and um The Elf King was questioning him, well, why were you trying to attack my people while we were merrymaking? And Thorne...
1: Well, they'd taken the spell off of Thorne, and he came to his senses, because they did want to question him.
0: And he's like, I'm not going to... He was determined he wasn't going to talk about gold or jewels in front of these elves, and they were, you know, questing for gold from the dragon... And the, Elf King, the only
1: thing that Thorne wanted to talk about was that he was starving.
0: Which makes sense. And the Elf King is like, why were you going to attack my people while we were merry-making? And Thorne is like, I, we weren't going to attack them. We were coming to beg. Uh, and where are these uh, other people? What are they doing? I don't know. But I expect starving in the forest. What were you doing in the forest looking for food and drink because we were starving? A bit of dry sass from Thorne there. Uh they asked him what he was doing in the forest in the first place. And then Thorn you know, clammed up and stopped talking.
1: So they take him back to the dungeons where he can wait a hundred years until he feels inclined to tell the truth.
0: But um, this being still elves and not goblins that have taken him prisoner, they you know, they don't torture him or anything and they give him food and drink not maybe the nicest food and drink but he got food and drink um,
1: he got bread, meat and water that's that's a lot for somebody who's starving yeah
0: so yeah that ends the chapter a few things I'd, you know, I'd like to discuss in it all right this um elf king This is actually Thranduil, the father of Legolas in um, Lord of the Rings. Legolas does not show up in this book at all. I don't think Tolkien had thought him up at all. Um, They do have him in the movie, which is controversial with some fans because he's not in the book, but I don't think it's that much of a stretch because, well, he's the king's son. Why wouldn't he be there? Maybe he could have had less of a plot-affecting role in the movie, you know, as far as book accuracy goes, but I don't think it's, you know, that weird that he's there. Um, yeah, not mentioned in the books. There's also no mention of... um. having any like queen that would have been the mother, so I don't know whether she's around or not alive anymore or what and I'm interested in these elves that lived in huts and the trees and stuff.
1: Tolkien tree houses sort of things.
0: Almost every elf Tolkien ever discusses are, they're kings, they're lords, they're the the rich elves. I want to know about the regular people elves. And you don't really get much of that. Um, I think it's a little interesting that, um, the sentence still elves they were and remain, and that is good people, and good people, both the g and the p are capitalized um I'm wondering if this is a little bit of a nod to um in like Europe and um people who you know believed in or maybe still do fairies. You actually didn't want fairies to bother you, so they would be called like uh, the good folk or the fair folk or the good neighbors because you don't want to insult them, and this sort of feels like a nod to that. You think I'm onto something or
1: yeah yeah it sounds sounds right
0: um, the whole thing with the the lights and the magic feast that disappears it seems a lot more magical and fey-like than most of the elf portrayals that are in the rest of Tolkien's work. Um.
1: Now, I know we went a little while between the last Hobbit podcast and this one, but it won't be as long between this one and the next one.
0: And, as I said, this is probably the longest chapter, this, uh, Flies and Spiders. Um, I've been doing it so far at kind of a rate of two chapters per, um, podcast.
1: And we're a little over...
0: A little over halfway, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, that's... That's where it leaves it. Thorne is a prisoner of the elves. Um, He won't give the elves the information he wants, but they're also giving him food and um, treating him well as far as prisoners go, but nobody else knows where he is.
1: And the other dwarves at Bilbo are still in the... They're still out
0: in the forest. They still don't have food.
1: They don't have food. They don't have water. They're still lost.
0: Um, not I don't on the trail I don't know how long a hobbit or a dwarf can go without water, but for a regular person that's about three days
1: so, um,
0: um food you can go a lot longer, but it's still not gonna be fun um
1: so this we we're leaving you on a cliffhanger for everybody, and uh we'll we'll see
0: what happens soon and um Thank you for listening to Cast It Into The Fire. Stay tuned for more Hobbit, more Game of Thrones, more Red Wall.
1: And who knows, maybe something more. Goodbye, all. Bye.